Hello and welcome to the Two Blocks Talking Podcast with your hosts, me, Dwayne Straffer. And Anthony Thewlis. Today, uh, we've obviously, this is our uh, first proper attempt at doing a podcast after uh, our pilot last time. Um, massive thank you to everybody who's listened uh, and has kind of given us a bit of feedback. It's much appreciated. Um, but today, um, we're going for it. We're going for the real one. We're, we're up, we've got our kit up and running and uh, we're ready to go. So I'm going to hand over to Anthony with the first topic and uh, we're going to go from there. Well, yeah, we'll just introduce the topics first. Um, so we're going to go with a couple of news stories, um, quite trivial ones that I've uh, seen during the week. And then uh, topic one is going to be about routines. Um, what happens with routines, how we feel if we don't stick to those routines. And then topic two is going to be about role models and parenting. Um, I think, you know, we're both... Uh, parents now and the age that we're bringing our kids up and stuff what what do we want our kids to be um totally different from when i think i was growing up so they we'll get into that um first i just want to say um thanks to everybody again um it's been a bit of a weird one hasn't it Dwayne, to be honest um we've sort of like um just without getting too technical in it we've looked at our anna analytics analytics i think it's called on the app um and we've seen some weird well not weird but um far out places that this podcast has been listened to so we've had some listeners in canada so hello to those in canada that's listening usa um and we've had dewsbury witness in london um, which, which was a bit weird of course <laughs> and then we've had uh, a few listeners in france as well so uh so yeah, it's been a bit strange, you know. We just wanted to start out and have a, a, a chat for an hour, you know, two two ordinary blokes just having a chat. So it's been a bit strange this week when we've been talking about it um, and looking at it. And so yeah, but this is our first proper go about it. Um, so Dwayne, how's your week been anyway? What have you been up to? My week, fantastic, mate. Um, busy, very busy. Um, I'm expecting my fourth child. Um, Wow. So it's been, uh, yeah, wow. fourth child, yeah. three girls, then finally I'm going to be blessed with a son who's uh, due in a couple of weeks' time. So my week's been all about preparing for that, mate. But um, let's be honest, nobody cares about what my week's been like. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my weekend uh, took took uh, the eldest swimming. Um, Saturday, loves it, loves his swimming. And um, I think me, key for the parent is I'd rather him learn how to swim than do any other activity i think um it's not like the fundamentals in it so then like if you go on holiday you know if they can swim and stuff um you know that they're gonna be relatively okay i think um so i'd rather him do that um then he went to rugby on sunday and then to escape castleford bowling because uh, it was absolutely yeah. packed um Understood. and we had to do a little pet eight of mine as well uh we had to wait until somebody got in the car we indicated and waited for them then to leave that spot so then we could have that spot now that is a massive pet hit of mine but i was left with no option i was under pressure from the missus of car we were looking for a parent and child space and it was just a case of i'm just gonna have to bite the bullet here and and be be an hypocrite because i ain't doing it listen while you've just said that that just something popped into my head i remember the escape one time myself going there uh, with a group of lads I used to play rugby with and I think we were just going out for a feed or, or for a coffee and uh, the same situation now the parking space is at Escape if anyone's ever been to, to the Escape 
their Junction 32 and M62, there is quite a lot at the front of parent and child spaces, then there's quite a lot of disabled spaces, then there's a lot of normal car parking spaces that are kind of all joined together. Now, this one thing I've ever done, and I'm not like this at all, but this one time I remember being parked in a parent and child spot without a parent and child, but I didn't get out of the car, I just left my car there, and the car in front of me had a couple in Ooh, that were leaving. Here we go. Now listen what happened. This car reversed out to leave, and there were a car behind indicating waiting to go into the spot. When he reversed out to leave, I slipped forward into the spot. <laughs> now you can imagine the, the, the looks and that I got. I want we're all right because there were me and a couple of other big lads in cars, so I wasn't too scared. But I'm not gonna lie, I did feel awful. But sometimes it has to be done. It does have to be done. <laughs> You can't have felt that bad though, because you didn't. I didn't move the car. <laughs> but at least you got in for your feed. At least you get into your feed. But um, yeah, wow, it was busy. It was busy at bowling. Um, busy to park. Busy to get out. Kids crying in back. We just wanted to get home. And then um, I think I think while we're on the topic of fairing, we might as well run with this. We might as well run with the topic of fairing. It's not an easy thing, is it? There's no. There's no guidelines no there's no book to read of how to be a parent the first time becoming a parent you you know nothing and you can only ever learn from your parents and things people tell you yeah but you find out how to be a parent the the way yourself and now everybody's different in in our in our line of of work which obviously we don't go we're not going to go into too much we see different people because they've come from different upbringings different backgrounds and they're brought up in different ways and you can't tell somebody how they need to do it because they'll do it their own way anyway. Um, one one key thing I think for parenting is, and it's always been key with me or looking back when the way I was brought up, you are a product of your environment. Um, there's no getting away from that. But like you say, you have no right to tell anybody how to be a parent, how to do it. There's not one book out there that's telling you how to be a parent. And it's you, you find your own way. You, you're taking the advice of many different sources you know you look you look on the internet you read books you go to nct classes i think they're called and you're taking in their advice and um, i mean we went to a free session for an hour we ended up leaving because it was boring and we didn't find it helpful and you're taking in any bits of advice that you want and then when it comes to it you 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 put a bit of that advice into practice but you sort of like find your own way and you find what works for you and whether that's your child sleeping next to you in the bed or whether that's you know you decide to put them in their own room straight off so they're settled straight away whether they have a dummy whether they don't have the dummy you know everybody's got their opinion on it everybody wants to influence you but you just do what works for you i mean i think my um being a dad now um is couple of times is built on white lies in the car coming dropping my oldest off at the childminder just because I can't face a song seven times in the morning and it's pump it up by end art and all they'll say to me is daddy daddy pump it up pump it up and I have to tell him sorry I've got no batteries it's run out I'll try <laughs> fix it way home and I can face it at 4 30 but I cannot face it at half past seven in the morning because I'm getting old and I'm not into dance music at seven in the morning, so little white lies along the way and things have run out and things have batteries and it's just genuinely it hasn't, but you just need to get by. But um, yeah. 
all good fun, and I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world to be honest. And each each part of uh, of your parenting uh, of your child's life is is a different a different challenge, isn't it? I mean, we're in the we're in a stage at the moment where my eldest ten, youngest five. I've got one in the middle at seven, and then and then the baby on the way. And it's when the babies, it's one different part. And then they get up to being five, it's a different thing. Yeah, course, and then they get to ten, and then when they go to teenage, we're not there yet. We're not experienced in that, so we're right saying this at minute. When we get there, it's a whole different ball game. But like um, um, when yours get to teenagers and stuff, you know, you've got your experiences of a teenager, and without delving too much into it, because I think our topics will go to me anyway, but. We didn't grow up with, and again, we're back to it because it's a massive, I think we've got to embrace it. We didn't grow up with social media. Like, yep. you know, you, when they get to teenagers, they're going to be asking for, can we go on Facebook? Can we go on this? Can we go on that? And then you start le- learning about parental controls and, you know, switching your Wi-Fi off at certain points in the night, whether, you know, and controlling it. And then obviously the line of work that we're in and people are on the, on the phones till middle of the night and they're coming in too tired and 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 stuff like that um so the effects of that the effects of the phone keeping them up so it's going to be a you'll approach it quicker than me with yours being older than mine but it'll be an old new minefield that you're going to have to work your way through and again it's going to be a learning experience for you and again you'll go to places and you'll seek advice about it and everything else and you'll ultimately find something that works for you and you tend to stick to it but yeah it's it's challenging it's fun um it's uh, sleep's overrated it's everything but like i say i wouldn't change it for the world um i love it um i love looking at my little boy and my little girl and say, watching them develop every day because I think as young as mine are two and a half and coming up to six months old, they do change every day um, and that's the beauty of it. Um, they're developing all the time. So they, they change, they do change, but do you think things stay the same? I'm, I'm going to drop the word in there, that routine. Is, is Does the routine stay the same for you? Because for me, it does, it doesn't so much. My routine now, I'm setting it and if it changes, it, yeah, so like, so my like my daily routine. So I get up. Um, I don't really have much to do with my youngest daughter on the morning because she's still sleeping. So my job in the morning is get up um, half past six, and that gives me a little leeway. Um, whether I'm, if I've not slept that great night before or Harlow's been up for whatever reason, I can have another ten fifteen minutes. Um, but I find myself then. So my routine is get up, um, pack his bag, pack my stuff, get it in the car then go up to get him changed while I've put my uh, coffee on the coffee machine because I can leave it now, um, and that's making a coffee while I'm there. So I can do all that, get him ready, and we can be off at a certain time, and we need to be off for half past seven so that the child mind is on time. Now, like I say, if I have that extra 15 minutes in bed, or it's the bin day on Thursday, it sort of like throws me out of my routine, and I can I can feel something in my head like this fuzzy, fuzzy thing going on in my head where it puts me, it makes me anxious and it seems to put out me all day and then I start worrying and I start panicking and we've gone straight in we've segued straight into the topic one without the news stories here but it it tends to stress me out if I don't stick to my routine and now it's not for me to say whether routines are good or bad. But by having a rigid routine every morning, 
the minute we don't stick to it, does that give us unnecessary stress and anxiety um, building into our day? Does it set our day on, onto the back foot? Does it? Um, and I understand kids need routines because then it sets good habits. But if they're so rigid in their routine, the minute that they don't do that routine, do they then become stressed? Does that then bring on anxiety? Are we sort of like training ourselves because we're creatures of habit and then the, the minute that it doesn't happen, giving ourselves stress because we're faced with the unknown? I, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, I do agree with it, but, but I don't in some aspects because I think sometimes a change in your routine and something that throws you sometimes brings the best out in you, brings the best out of a situation. You can be prepared for anything and be prepared and ready. And I know pre- preparation is completely different to a routine, but, but being prepared for something and knowing what's going to happen, you'll always do it at the same rate of everything. So I'm not going to go into delving into the subject, but if I say that, you, you know, I know what this routine is going to be and this is how it's going to be, if it goes that way, I'm going to get complacent and I'm going to keep doing things that way. Something changing in that routine or being forced different in a routine, whether that be in sport, life, work, whatever, it forced you to adapt. And I think we need that because if we if we kept doing the same thing over and over, we'd get stale. It becomes repetitive. Now I, I know I'm yeah, going yeah. off in a no, bit. No, I think I think that, that that's, I'm a creature of habit. I love routines. Um, if we're doing something on the weekend and it's Monday night, I'll be saying to Gemma and the missus, "Oh, what time are we doing this on Saturday? What time? You know." And I, so then I can set something concrete in my head. So then when we, we come to actually doing it, it's not a surprise to me. But like, and, and this is not a sport podcast, but we'll touch on your sporting background. Yeah. Um, what are your your routines for the game day? Are they? Do you have a routine for your game day? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was earlier, kind of in my career. Um, my my one of my ex coaches had kind of made a did, done a few video kind of podcasts <laughs> and he's like, and he and he'd made a big deal about how many times I tied my laces before the game. Um, yeah, stumbled onto that video. Yeah, it's, it's up there. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it's not hard to find, but um, yeah. It used to be a thing where I used to have to tie my boots, laces, seven times before a game just to make sure they were right. And if I tied a set of boots four times, another boot, set of boots four times, and if one felt slightly tighter than another, I had to redo them again. And it, it got to a point where I were doing them seven times before a game because that was just what I had to do. So then, right, so, but talking of routines were they all set so like you had a good performance one week for instance would you eat the same meal and stuff like that yeah look this is this is something I think this is one of those things routines but also superstitions and I don't think you ever it's something that you're born with I think it's something that's then drilled in here so as a kid my mum were highly superstitious and it were everything you had to do with magpies here magpies yeah, 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 yeah. that's followed on to me um uh, the only one thing I do, like, I'm not really superstitious, um, but the only thing I don't do for some reason, and I don't even know where this has come from, um, I won't walk on three, like, grates that you see on, on the pavement. When there's three together, I won't walk on three, two, fine. And I can feel myself, I'll walk on two. What am I saying? I saying as a kid, is that, I don't, I'm not going to go into it, one for an F. Two for luck, three for bad luck. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure. but I don't know where that's coming from. And I, I still do it to this day. And I'll walk onto and I'll realise. And if there's somebody there, I'll wait for them to pass me so I can get off and yep. walk. So I don't walk on three. And I look like a right plonker in town. I look like a right idiot. Yep. But I don't know where that's coming from. 
Crazy Pavey must be a nightmare too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's only on grates or drains, then drain covers. Yeah. Um, but no, but like you, if you have a set routine, right, on a game day, or the, the sports people out there, or whatever your routine is, and you're going to go do something, if you don't stick to that routine and you're going into something and you know that you haven't stuck to it, that's going to alter performance, isn't it? Yeah, but sometimes, that's what I guess this is why I was saying sometimes it's good because I. Like I said, I used to have a routine um, of, you know, go to bed at a certain time, get up in the morning, I'd have my breakfast, and I'll have my breakfast, I'm ready, and then I need to go and get a coffee before I go to a game. I mean, it'd be a game for this time. And then when I have that routine, I'm comfortable with it. For Say, for example, one time the day before a game, I, we've had to go to a, I don't know, a family do, or, or something like that, and it's yeah, not ideal. Yeah. It's not something that I want to do, but you, but you do it, and you go, and you come and... And next, then you turn up to game. You've you're a bit late or something like that. So you haven't got time to have a rub or you haven't got time to do your strapping and go out and play a blinder. I mean, and, and it happened. You think maybe I should do that every week. I, I know lads. I won't obviously not gonna name any names. I know lads that'll go and might go out and go out on a night out before and have a few beers and think, oh, I'm a bit rough here still, and then play a game and absolutely rip it up. Yeah, and you yeah, think yeah. well, you don't want to advise them to go out on ale every night before a game but, but that's I think happens. that's where like my conflict is with routines I need them I know I need them but I, the minute I don't stick to mine I'm sort of like causing unnecessary stress or I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm putting myself on back foot or I'm starting my day off wrong um, and then I just think that's causing like unnecessary anxiousness and oh I need to do this or it's putting me under pressure um, and it's only it's only work. I don't really want that pressure when I'm going to work. Yeah. I don't want to be chasing my tail because I'm five minutes late, ten minutes late because I had 50, 15 minutes extra in bed or whatever. And it just then knocks me out. So then I feel like I'm under pressure for the rest of the day. Or it's like we work if you don't get some jobs done or whatever. and you, It's not in your normal routine of where you do things. You feel as if the rest of that day you're chasing your tail, yeah. and I just think it causes unnecessary, unnecessary stress. There's there's a routine, um, but that's just me, and I just wanted to see what everybody, uh, what you thought of it. You're a sportsman, and I know sportsmen like to stick to routines, and I just yeah. wondered where where you sat on it, um, and if they're any good, if they affect performance. Um, but obviously, you don't. Same a massive stickler for a routine. You can just—it's not that I'm not. I think I, I, I am, and I think I have been a lot of, of my life, and make it. And I think, like you said, when you then don't stick to that routine, it th- throws me. So rather than maybe having the routine and not doing it right and it throwing me, I think I've gone away from that and I've tried to let's not have a routine. Let's just go with the flow, because then it prevents that I deal with what comes at me and try that way because that, I think I will like you. Is that because you're older? Is that because you're older now? Uh, a bit more sort of like experienced and a bit wiser. Do, do you think the young like the young kids that are playing now, do you think they're a rigid in their routine? Yeah, in sport, definitely. I think because you drilled into something that's, that works for you, that, that's obviously got you to where you want to be and then you you want to keep at it, so you stick at it, but then as you mature and you see older players or whatever and um, certainly for me, seeing what other people did, and maybe they're not as—I don't want to say dedication because they are dedicated. They're just not as stuck to a routine. But then, in real life as well, routines are hard to stick to as soon as you do have children yeah, because yeah. 
Yeah, your own routines are, but yeah. then you realise, and again, a bit of advice that you always know, take get into a routine straight away so like we've got yeah, a, a six month old now and we're just starting to establish routines but then as parents what happens when you don't stick to those routines you start becoming stressed oh she didn't have a milk at this time so then she's going to be out and then she's going to want an next feed and it puts you out and then that puts you under stress and then what happens so for instance we have a a bath time every night at 6 30 in bed at 7 what happens <laughs> if you push that to seven or half seven and they're not in it what what then do, i mean i've never experienced it but what what do your kids do do they then go absolutely bananas because they're not in bath at half past six and they start acting up i mean we've, i've never really experienced it i try to stick to it as much as but i just feel if we, we get drummed into us about a routine and sticking to a routine um that i think it can cause unnecessary stress and anxiety and that's another thing that's on rise isn't it anxiety and this is probably an unnecessary one that you add to there everybody at some point suffers with anxiety how little or how big or how how you deal with it um but i just think this routines is a is a, a weird topic because i just think you could probably be too rigid in your routine and as soon as you shy, shy away from it you like i say you always put that unnecessary stress upon yourself um but yeah that's a it's a a strange one i'm a creature of habit me personally i'm a probably a fan of a routine i like to know what i'm doing and i try to stick to it the best i can um but yeah and then we'll go into we'll do this backwards actually we'll go into topic two okay um and then we'll probably have a bit of fun at the end yeah yeah like... stick with us stick with us through these the topics because then uh, obviously we're going to go into some new stories at the end and just uh, a yeah, bit of light hard fun the, really towards um, the end um but yeah this next topic uh, is an interesting one for us as uh, parents as well we've got like the theme of this as being parents so role models uh, and what do we want our kids to grow up like um now this is this is an interesting one when i were growing up I love sports, so a couple of my role models were rugby players, um, what I enjoyed doing. Um, and so I always looked up to players and how they played, and I wanted to imitate that. Um, so I'm just going to give you an example of what another definition of a role model. So a role model is someone others look to as a good example. A role model is someone who is worthy of imitation. Um just as a role model is something that represents an inspirational ideal so i started when i played rugby so mine were really sporting um and i just wanted to imitate them on the field um and because social media and, and things like that didn't allow access we did it we only things that i saw of my role models were the stuff that they saw on the field um but now you know we see our kids growing up um and I, I just did a bit of research the other day. You know, they're influenced by YouTube, um, yeah. Instagram, and I, I had a look and the top. And I just had a, I just got a topic unboxing. Now, if you've never heard of this, um, it's where people take products out of a box and they film it. So, for instance, Apple bring out some new AirPods. Uh, there's someone taking those airpods out of a box and then i, I believe they talk about it. i didn't really look but i looked at the top five videos 
and all of those videos over there um, at the top five um, had 1.5 million views. Right? So they're earning a revenue off that. Now, do we embrace it and say our kids are going to be influenced by that? And I'm not knocking them because I think they found a niche in the market where they're getting paid. Do we embrace it and move forward with it and go, right, this is a reality that um, our kids could potentially grow up to be like that? Or do we stick to our traditional, like my, like I think it's absolutely bonkers, like opening a box and there's 1.5 million people watching it. Yeah. But they've got financial freedom. So you can't knock it because they've found a niche in the market. But do I want children, my children, to. Children's the niche, that's, that's it, isn't it? Everything's for children now because, like, we, we social media is a big thing, iPads, iPhones, and all this. It's. Children don't play with toys anymore. They're watching video of somebody else playing with toys. Um, and it, this has never happened to me, and I hope it never does. But it, it probably die a little inside, probably. But I often say, you know, when we were growing up, what did you, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, what did you want to be? So I think I, I was thinking about this today because I knew we were coming up with this topic. I, I remember going in, I think year ten, year eleven, uh, went to meet me other year, uh, and I think I said I wanted to be a policeman originally. Yeah. And she said, oh, you'd be a good policeman, you're a bit of a leader, you know, a bit of people follow you and this and other. And then I got a bit older. Um, fire service interested me. And then obviously my mum was in, involved in education, so that was always an option for me. Yep. Not once did I ever say, and I think it's different now, but not once did I say, oh, I want to be a rugby player. That, yeah, was, that, okay. was, that was an ideal, but you never think that you're going to get there. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the services or education I was always interested me um but not once like did that, think. that were a generic thing for us yeah. you know i was gonna say same. i want to be a fireman i want to be this and, and i say to my my youngest daughter now what do you want to be when you grow up and she'll say oh, a vet and i think that's brilliant yeah, yeah good yeah i'm glad but i dread the day when i turn around and say oh what do you want to be and she goes a youtuber because <laughs> yeah, that, that's sort of, this is where i've got a bit of a conflict with um for that i can't knock him because they're earning a living and they're probably paying the taxes and whatever else, and they found a niche in the market which is quite, you know, creative. Um, and then I'm I'm stuck to sort of like my traditional sort of like I don't know if it's my morals or my values, but I want I want my kids to grow up and shall we say a proper job. But well, yeah, and you and you want their role model to be something like a reality, you know, growing up. What did you, what you know, what were your role model for us as well? I tried to, I looked at my mum and, and things like that, and I was yeah. like, oh, she, what, she's a great role model to me, she's a great parent, and I, I want to, she's hard working, and I want to go and be like that. Or, and then, like you say, sportsmen or movie stars, these are the kind of people you're looking at, like not just some, somebody on, oh, that's, that's been a nobody for yeah. years and years ago oh. that's now just come out of nowhere, and they'll go, oh, yeah, I want to be like them when I grow up, or I want to do this. and and I think the other thing is we're talking about role models we forget or we don't forget but it's something when you think of role model it's always you always think positive but there's a lot of negative role models out there as well so then should we so for instance our background's in sport and I'm not going to bore anybody but should we then just say say Wayne Rooney at football yeah should we then should he just be a role model for his football inability because we don't know him as a person so we don't know what kind of person he is um 
and then he's a human being at the end of the day, yep. so he's likely to have mistakes. Uh, but because he's high profile, those mistakes are going to make the press, and then he'll get labelled a bad role model. Now, I don't want him to be a role model for how to be as a person. I want him to be a role model to inspire kids to play football. football. Yeah. Um, but then I look at it, and without getting, you can't get away from it. Reality TV, like it's it's more or less everybody's chance to have 15 minutes of fame, isn't yeah. it? There's that many reality TV shows going on. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, you've got Love Island going on now in, in South Africa, which is a winter thing. Um, and then they'll have the summer edition in Mallorca. You used to have Big Brother. Uh, there's another programme that Ellis, Emma Willis does where they live in a flat and they, they talk to each other through text. They don't even meet each other. Yeah. Um, I last had something on today where it's like a dating show, but you pick those that have dressed you best, dressed to impress, and you pick your date off back of that, but it's still reality TV. And the list goes on, and you just think, like, kids are consuming this and they're being influenced on Instagram and they're getting this, and they just think, man, I can, I'm going to be a reality TV star. And instant success, but where's the hard work? Where are they learning resilience? Where are they learning all the skills you need to be? Because let's not forget, if we're using uh, an actor, a sports star, or whatever as a a role model, there's hours hours and hours of practice that's gone in there that it's not seen, but we're just seeing the byproduct of it. It's, it's not given to you, basically. Yeah, they, yeah. What they are there for a reason, for how hard they've worked, for the dedication they've given and the time they've put in. It's not just, you know what, gives me phone here, I'm just going to do something and I'm going to become famous off it, which <laughs> I'm going to talk about that video <laughs> that I spoke about earlier. Yeah. Just because a little bit of a bugbear of mine, and it never was, this never was a bugbear of mine, but just from seeing video today, and I've got nothing against the guy, just in case he ever wants to listen to our podcast and we never ever get him on. But... I saw the video today just because it's resurfaced on Twitter <laughs> of the Wheelstone Raider. Right. Now, bear with me on this one. So, this guy is stood there. If you haven't seen the video, where have you been? Um, but obviously, you have. The guy yeah. stood there, and, and, and the guy, who I dare say is a lot bigger than him, goes up. He's got a cam- obviously got a camera, and he said, he's there shouting and bowling at players, telling them they've got no fans. Uh, You've got no fans. You've got no fans. <laughs> um, and the guy says, oh, you know, we're playing well, whatever you kind of say. And he turns around, fair dues to him. He's got some big kahunas for what he does because he's only a little guy. <laughs> but he turns around and he says, you want some? Huh? You want some? And uh, the guy's, no, no, no. Uh, you know, you want some? I'll give it to you. Now, what happened from that video, obviously, is, he became like an internet kind of sensation for a bit. He's definitely had his 15 minutes of fame. People will pay him money to come on the stag dues or turn up and do appearances or whatever. And the guy's made some money out of it. Fair dues to him. Good lad. But let's just something different here. What happens if he turns around and says, you want some? And the guy filming says, yes. And he sticks a right hand on his chin <laughs> and slings him off a barrier. Now... The Wheelstone Raider's not a popular guy, then, is he? He's just some guy who's been flogged for having an attitude. And he probably, I dare say, wouldn't be as famous as what he is no, for that. Definitely. So so I know that's not wrong, but it's, it's how social media can create somebody and yeah. give somebody fame for something as daft as that, which realistically, that bloke, well, well could be a thug. Yeah, but could you imagine if we, we mentioned it earlier, if I'd have said that to a bloke, 
bloke could turn around and knock me over that barrier. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? Because it's some little, um, I don't mean this to be, it's some little, you know, small guy with glasses on, bit, bit of a nerd, isn't it? A little yeah. nerd um, with a squeaky voice, a bit like an hamster, and you want some, and there's no threat there, is there? So it's made him famous. It's made him internet famous. It's got him his 15 minutes of fame. And if we're, if we're going to mark success on money, is um probably enough money to pay off his mortgage yeah, probably, and yeah. set him up? Or he's got um, an easier working life, or perceived to be an easier working life. And he's now. a recognised person. Yeah. yeah. Whether that's good or bad, um, being recognised, I don't know. Um, that's a different kettle of fish and probably a different topic for later on. But, yeah, just worry. What do we want our kids to grow up like? It's a, it's a weird one because I think I'll dread the day where they say, oh, yeah, I want to become a... a a reality TV star. Do you know what? I'd rather my kids grow up and it will never. They always get told at school, "I want to be a sports star." I'll just turn around and say, "Commit to it then," because yeah. I'd rather them say, "I'm a sports star." Yeah. I want to be a sports star than a reality TV star because I just think, well, I don't know. I can't knock them because they're going to earn the money and they're going to sail off into the sun and probably if if they're smart enough about it, set up a business and you know be secure that way and you know. I don't know. It's a, it's it's a strange one because I, I feel as if I'm becoming a dinosaur with it. Because maybe we should just embrace it. This yeah. is the way of the world now. Social media, not social media. Uh, reality TV is so popular that it's a massive part of our lives, whether you agree with it or not. It, it's there. Um, you know, you've got one end of the scale, like I say, with Love Island to the bottom of the scale and a different extreme in that um, SAS who dares wins. It's still reality TV. You get still people applying to go onto a show, but I don't think they become as famous off, off the back of it. That's more to prove themselves, but it's still reality TV, isn't it? They're still there. Um, they could, if they were clever enough. I mean, that Ant Middleton's done wonderful out of it um he was a sas man and now he's earning a living selling books going on work tours because of probably the way he speaks to people on that program and yeah. treats them like rubbish but it's still reality tv we still love it we still love that drama and people see that quick quick book that sort of like throw away society that we live in a quick 15 minutes of fame let's get in get me brass and, and get out um and who cares what happens after that type thing? But I just think we're going to grow up with a generation of kids where there's there's no re- resilience, there's no learning from our mistakes, there's no learning from setbacks. We were not set up for setbacks. I mean, I don't know. I, I just it's it's out there. I don't know what to what to think. Give about. us your opinion. I think this is a good a good thing. This role model thing. Give us your opinion. Um, Get in touch with us on, on Twitter or, or Instagram, any of the social media, and just you know, give us some insight into what you think about your who's your role model and why and uh, negative or positive. It's yeah. it's just good to yeah, to good look to at. yeah, reach out to us. Um, like I say, give us your opinions on it, and following on from that, if you've got any topics that you'd like to discuss, not not too controversial because we don't have any money to be taken to court or anything. Um, but if you've got any subjects that you want to. Uh, want us to discuss on here and you want to get involved in uh, again reach out to us um, on, on social media on Twitter on Twitter um, at blogs too and uh, on Instagram at, again go on, go on doing is it two? At, on our Instagram is at yeah. the two blocks talking podcast uh, which obviously is 
not that long because it's uh, shortened down. It's at TTBTP. That's TTBTP for the two blocks talking yeah, so, podcast. So, yeah, just get in touch with us on there. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one, role models. And I think, you know, um, I think we use the term for a broad broad range. I think, you know, we, we're probably in some aspects wanting, and I don't want to offend you, but doing our job for us type thing by saying, oh, as a role model, we, we put that into all, in all aspect of somebody's life, don't we, what, we, what our kids look up to. I don't know if they're good people or not. Um, and like Dwayne said earlier, his, his role model, his mum, my mum, my parents, and we've just saw, and I think that's rubbed off on me, like hard working, um, hard working parents, um, and that's been instilled to me, you know, work ethic and working hard is where you get to, but. But that's what our priorities. Our priorities yeah. now is to be a good role model for our children. Because yeah. we want to be the best. We want them to be the best. And at the end of the day, it comes from us because it's from what we instill into them. They will do as they see us do, you know, kind of thing. So, But they will be influenced by other factors, which sometimes we can't control. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's, a, I think, a scary one. I think I'm probably quite worried about it um, because we never grew up in that age, so we were inexperienced in it. Um, but yeah, that's that for that topic, right? We're gonna go back to the beginning now. Um, yeah. This this story has tickled me all week. To be fair, um, I first heard about it on Monday. It was on the radio. Um, <laughs> so they're being able, they're being able to reenact what uh, the uh, a mummy. Let me just get his name here. So a team of archaeologists and engineers. Um, I've uh, been able to reenact what uh, this uh, a priest, priest voice sounds like. Now, forgive me if I get his name wrong. Uh, Nesyemun, uh, an Egyptian priest who died 3,000 years ago. And they've been able to uh, put his voice, uh, reenact what his voice sounds like. Now, I'm just going to play, play his voice. Um, which is Be ready for this. It's a big one. Right. Let me just see if I can find it. Where is it going now? I'll I'll run with this while you while you're finding it. Yeah. Um, so, out of anybody that out there, you know, there's, I'm pretty sure there'd be some people, more important people out there. Maybe not more important. Sorry, I get that wrong. But there might be some more people out there that'd be more interested in people hearing what the voice sounded like. Like I don't know, Henry the Eighth. Would be interesting to find out what he sounded like, how deep his voice was, how how maybe not his voice was. Um, any other kind of people out there that would be interested, oh, do you know what? Wouldn't it be good to find out what they sounded like? Um, but this guy would even know him. He's not even a a kind of a... Tutankhamun. Un- yeah. He's, he's nobody we've seen of in uh, Night at the Museum, all these Attila the Hun, you know, those kind of things. So this is just some some guy that they've decided <laughs> they're going to make his find out what his voice was going to sound like. Well, I think, I think it's sort of like he's, he's been in Leeds Museum um, and they've... They must have got some funding from somewhere. And, and it's quite, it's, it's a fascinating topic, right? The technology behind it is absolutely brilliant, uh, the way it is. But just do it about someone who who's probably that we've heard of or a, a, that's been a popular figure in history that we've probably learned about in school. Now, I'm going to play this clip because it's quite ridiculous, uh, the sound, um, and then we'll talk about it after. Uh, 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 
So, this project, it took them, it took them five years. <laughs> took them five um, years, yeah, that's right, five years. So that's five years someone's getting paid to come up, have this idea, let's see what this priest sounded like from Egypt. And I'm not being funny, uh, it sounds like they've gotten to the fourth year on the 11th month of the 30th day, and they've gone, oh, sugar, this project's going to be finished tomorrow. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> give us a noise. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing it, because we need to record it. <laughs> and I just think, what? Hey, like, the technology, so they've used a 3D printer to uh, think, let me... Let me just vocal cords and stuff like that they, to be able to put things together and it's very technical which is amazing it's well done they've done it but give us a bit more than eh, <laughs> yeah exactly know, or <laughs> a give us a word or something like that yeah it's just so it's, ridiculous yeah, waste of money waste of, well is it a waste of money I mean the, the technology there um, they've proved that it works but there's more be, important things to be, be spending the so money anyway, on so anyway so so in this article, it says that they used a CT scanner at Leeds General Infirmary. So they've got this mummy out, uh, Leeds Museum, and they've taken it. <laughs> I don't know how they've carried it over to LGI. Um, they've obviously taken a patient slot so it can have a CT scan. Sorry, sorry love, your, your CT scan's been cancelled today because we've got this blocking. Because um, we need to find out what is... Uh, what his throat and his uh, voice box looks like. So they've done a... Uh, a 3D scan of that, and then they've looked up to a print a vocal tract, it says, and then they've created an artificial voice box, which they've 3D printed, to create that sound. Now, I just think, with all that's going on in the world, people are losing their voices and stuff. <laughs> Use that technology on somebody that needs it, yeah. and give them the voice back. Um, yeah, not on a 3,000-year-old mummy that we've never even heard of. Um so yeah, that, that tickled me this week. Um, I first heard it on the radio. I think they're, they're running with a big story. And then a second story. Um, when we talk about you know social media and how um, bunkers it's going, um, I came across this story actually just having a, a browse on Facebook. Um, and then I googled it again. Um, and so this woman from Germany, Michelle uh, from Berlin, is planning to wed a Boeing 737-800. So she's planning to marry an aeroplane. Yep. <laughs> so let me just leave that there for a minute. She's planning to marry an aeroplane. Where do we go with this? Now, where where do we go with this? Do we say, how's the relationship going to work? You know, it's obviously going to be a long distance because he works away a lot. <laughs> go down that route. Or, you know... Is she going to get fed up of him and leave him for a 757? Or even a, a G6? You know, <laughs> like, so here, it says here that the 30 year old met the love of her life in March 2014 when she was in Berlin Airport and has even nicknamed the 737 800 which translates to darling. Like, what? What? Like, come on. Why, why for the start, uh, an aeroplane? Um, how is it going to carry you over your threshold when you get married? Um, and who said they're going to do that? And say, yeah, it was like, I mean, again, where there's money, 
you know, someone yeah. will do it. I just like what's happening. Why is this getting any press? And it's absolutely. She's either absolutely bonkers or she's very clever. <laughs> Because she's either very clever, like, oh, that's my husband, so I can jump on him to go anywhere and not have to pay for flights. So, <laughs> even that, oh, she's got to for the flight, madam. No, it's my husband, pardon. Yeah, I'm married to that plane, so I'm going to sit on him, and he's going to take me wherever I want to go. <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers, like, um, it's just like, so she's planning to marry him in Holland, um, it's just, I also want to marry him in the hangar and spend an all night with him. I wouldn't want to put on a white dress, but dress really smartly with black trousers and a black blazer. Uh, she's going to meet the plane again in Amsterdam in March in 2020. While family and friends of the besotted 30 year old have accepted their re- relationship, <laughs> Michelle's family, funnily enough, are not interested in meeting chats. Like, <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. Like, uh, as a parent, you just you want your kids to grow up, marry somebody decent that, in, that you can accept into the family. Oh, yeah, just just marry this plane. Like, and it just it reminds me of um, that film. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, who plays the Joker? Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Um, there's a film called She, I think, and uh, he falls in love with an operating system. Like, so they're creating films about stuff like this. So, again, should we should we just accept it? Should this be accepted? Should we just accept this? Because when I was growing up 15 years ago, my mum had said to me, they'll lock you up for less. They'll lock you up for talking to yourself. Yeah. Men with white coats will turn up and you'll be on priestly unit at Jewsbury Hospital. That's what my mum used to say. And I just think, like... Again, it's moved on. She's getting pressed for this. They've made a film about something similar where he falls in love with an operating system. Now, that with the operating system, that has its upsides because if it annoys you, you can just switch it off for an hour. Go, oh, gone. Bye. Have an hour's break. But I just think, what? Is this, this, is this real? But anyway, I'll leave that one for food for thought. Um, yeah, and that wraps up our um, first podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, We'll probably read out our social media handles again. I'll leave that to Dwayne. He seems to have... Uh, so I can just pop them up. Yeah, we are, We obviously are on Twitter, at Blogs2. Uh, please go give us a follow. Um, like I said, any kind of feedback is good. Uh, any topics that you think be worthwhile talking about. Again, get out there about the role models. Give us some info on them, who your role models are. So it's good to listen. Um, and then on Instagram, we are at TTBTP which is TTBTP for the Two Blokes Talking podcast. Um, For me, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this. Um, And I think we are going to grow kind of week by week doing these podcasts. So um, stay with us. Give us a chance. Uh, We're enjoying it. And on that um, as well, obviously we're available on uh, Apple now to uh, download. But also, if you want to leave us a review on there, uh, we will read them. Uh, We'll try... And if you get in touch with us on social media by sending us a message again, we'll get back to you. Well, I will try to get back to you. Um, but, yeah, we're really enjoying this process. Um, it's it's new to us. We're learning every day, and hopefully you'll find out a bit more about us each time we do something. But, um, once again, thank you for listening, um, downloading, and, and being involved in it. Um, we're loving it. Um, and on that note, we'll say goodbye. Thank you very much. Thank you.